You know, when I, uh, in the wake of the massacre at the synagogue in Pittsburgh and uh, uh, the thought that this keeps going on for years and every year there's something that goes on and you look at hate and you look at the hate that's in the world and the the idea that people could just walk into a place that was once considered sacred, safe, holy, uh, and kill randomly that that the blind hate that that person has or these people have uh, rocks us all and and hopefully we never get too callous that this is an everyday occurrence and we just let it pass when I looked at putting together this show uh, and asking people to come and join this show. I never expected the group of people that I have. Uh, I, I think it, it was it was not it was not my hand that guided this. It was God's hand that brought these five gentlemen together today. Uh, Pastor Walter Moss, uh, a man who I have known for years, who has been rock solid, whose pulpit is the world the community, the street, um, finding needs everywhere and answering God's call. Mr. Tim King, the founder of Family Care Counseling Center, um, coaching life to people, working with kids, working with addictions, working with all those things. You know, Mr. Larry, or Dr. Larry Bove, um, a, a gentleman I didn't even know, but came into uh, my realm today and, and bringing him into this 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 discussion. He is a uh, former provost at Walsh University. He was the humanities chair and chairperson of philosophy and theology. Uh, he speaks and writes on topics of concerns of ethics and philosophy of nonviolence, social justice, peace studies, um, just so much in he brings into this discussion of, of, of from philosophy, from religion, from uh, all that. Imam Nadir Taha, who is the Imam of the Islamic Center in Akron and Kent, and I went and I looked on, and, and the fact that that they were so receptive to me when I called, and so receptive to coming on. And the mission of the Islamic Center in Akron and Kent states that they promote goodwill, understanding, and fellowship, and tolerance. Promote understanding and the act as, as a channel of communication between Muslims and non-Muslims. And then Rabbi Adlin, the rabbi of the Temple of Israel here in Canton. Everywhere that Rabbi Adlin has been, he has worked as a, as in in race relations, in cultural relations, in interfaith relations, uh, he has worked with Thanksgiving baskets and interfaith Thanksgiving service. He has always combined all the faiths into what he is doing as a rabbi. And I can't thank you enough, all of you, uh, for being here and being part of this show today. Thank you so much. You're welcome. You're welcome. welcome. I wanted to start out 
by um, not a year goes by without news of, of random killings in churches, mosques, synagogues, elsewhere. And although violence has always been part of our human existence, it has always been part of it. But in this country, these places, churches, schools, were always considered kind of off-limits, holy, and safe. In your opinion, and any of you could just speak whenever you want to, is what has changed? Well, just, um, you know, the seemed to me the nature of people of uh, who... Uh, you know, I'm a student of Dr. Martin Luther King, and uh, he said that, you know, we all live in this house. And, uh, you know, I was thinking about coming today, and when I grew up in Canton, I grew up in the projects across the street from St. Anthony's, and on the other side of St. Anthony's was the Italian neighborhood. And in those days, we never talked, we never had any racial issues. We we did play football against each other. We loved each other. I, I see guys today it's like we were brothers, and I think that, Joe, that as Dr. King said, we all live in this house. I think that we've lost that. We become more individualistic than we do as a, we don't see each other as, our, as a human family. And I think that has a lot to play into that people now, instead of seeing the church and the mosque, uh, the synagogue as a place, uh, you know, of, a, of, of holiness, well, some people say, well, that's where my enemies are. See, the black church, the white church, Hispanic, that's where my enemies are. And because we've lost that touch that we're all family, we're all growing up here together. And when did we, when did we become enemies based on color, based on <clears throat> faith, based on labels? When did that become, when did it switch to become enemies? I have a little different history than Rabbi uh, Reverend Moss. Um, I grew up in Brooklyn, New York, in the times when there were gang wars, mm -hmm. and the neighborhoods I grew up in were divided racially. Uh, there were Italians, there were Polish, and there were Puerto Ricans, there were blacks, blacks. And so, the, by the time I was ten or eleven years old, I kind of knew a racialized language, and and we weren't all big friends in the big city. Uh, when I went to school. Uh, the gangs were there, and violence was 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 actually happening very quickly. Uh, if you remember some of those movies about the, mm -hmm. the high schools and the and the gangs in the high schools, I remember uh, my father had uh, the luck that I guess I had was he sent me to school in Manhattan, and so I had to go to school uh, in Manhattan and take the train to Manhattan. And uh, fortunately, it was right next to Greenwich Village, and in Greenwich Village was the musicians and the poets. Uh, the great musicians, the jazz musicians. So I had another, mm -hmm. another story, another history to compare to the one I grew up in. And so I, I, I think, in a sense, the big difference has been, even in those times of, of crisis, um, church was a place where most people spent a lot of time. Right. And, and, and again, when, when you grew up in those neighborhoods, I went to school every day, to Catholic school, the, the parish was a place where we went all the time, almost every single day. I think those traffic patterns for many people mm -hmm. who are in mainstream America, the church doesn't play that central right. role anymore. Right. It's just a place you go to. That uh -huh. may be different in the Islamic community, but I know in the dominant communities, 
Uh, those right. churches have lost that traffic pattern. Right. Uh, they're mm. trying to survive in a different kind of environment. So that, that's kind of a sociological approach mm-hmm. that what makes it different. Uh, and so when you do feel yourself, where do you go? Uh, the first place in Reverend Moss, you all, you all were together. Uh, we, we, our neighborhoods were so big, there were thousands of people right. on one block that it broke down into clusters. Mm-hmm. So if you went outside your neighborhood, you were liable to get hurt. Uh, and that's that's just the v- territory that you grew up in those days. Right. Uh, and again, I think we still have gangs and stuff today. But mm-hmm. that th- that one difference in terms of where you went to the refuge was th- the church was your traffic pattern, the people yeah. where you gathered. That doesn't happen to a lot of people now. Yeah. And I think that that's m- made it difficult. Hi, this is Rabbi Adlin calling, and I'm sorry I'm not there with, with you all and, and my friends. No, thank you for being years, on. But I literally just got back from Israel last night, and I'm not even sure what time it is right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, as a Jewish, first of all, as a Jewish person, um, looking at what happened in Pittsburgh, um, this didn't come out of nothing. And um, I think that the Jewish community, and we're not unique in this, and uh, all of us on this panel uh, probably have come from communities that have experienced this as well, but Jews have uh, always had to work hard to be able to find a place in societies where they've, where they've lived, and um, more often than not, it hasn't been, uh, it hasn't been a, the, best, the best relationships. Uh, you know, you have people ask me all the time when I go into churches or schools to speak. You know, why the Jews? You know, why why did the Jews? You know, why were they targeted in the Holocaust? Why were they targeted throughout history? And there's really no good answer to that, other than we tried to live our lives the way we thought that they should be lived. And here we now, and it's just another uh, another person who sees you know hate through uh for whatever reason and it's you know as i said we're not unique look at the church in texas look at the church in in south in south carolina look at the schools for some reason people are filled with this rage of hate um and it's fanned you know sometimes by rhetoric sometimes by uh the communities they live we always teach our kids that nobody nobody is born hating they have mm. to learn this someplace along right. the way. They have to learn it from in their families or in their, from from teachers or from friends. And um, Pittsburgh is just the latest example. And it wasn't just Pittsburgh; it got overshadowed. But there were two African Americans who were shot dead in Kentucky, Kentucky. on the exact same day yeah. for being African Americans. And um, we have to be able to find a way to to get people to realize that human beings. You know, we may pray differently, may go to you know, vacation differently. We may do different things, but we're all still human beings. And uh, nobody, should, nobody who's nobody should take the hate that they have and point a gun at somebody and shoot them. Yeah, right. Uh, I, and mom, uh, I believe that uh, we were busy uh, lecturing the world about human rights, and we forgot to evaluate human rights and what does it stand for universally in our own uh, courtyard. Uh, I believe that uh, the world has changed and it become a very uh, like small village. Uh, The social media, the uh, effect of the uh, all those uh, technology that is have 
made a separation between even the kids and their families and hmm. you start having so many uh, effects over the last many years uh, and that separation is what you are say, talking about mm -hmm. as far as mm -hmm. uh, now that churches are separated mm -hmm. from the people and mm -hmm. uh, and you go to the church and you see only like very old people mm -hmm. there mm -hmm. and the new generation that has been uh, raised uh, they make their own values they make their own uh, standards away from what is right and what is wrong they don't learn uh, from the right through resources and on and on social media in different places they can find like-minded people to every thought that they may have right and they find groups to join with to who who encourage and support all those thoughts right. where they used to be just random thoughts but since right. it's so connected now they can join together and get reinforced in those thoughts yesterday i was visited at home by uh, channel news without mentioning the uh, with channel news but they came to my home and it was about uh, a policeman from one of the cities local cities around here they posted in he posted in his uh, on his facebook uh, a clear message of targeting and who, when some we will find someone who will kill farrakhan for example uh, and they were meeting with us and they come and interviewed uh, would you accept this how can a policeman who's supposed to protect us is calling for those kind of things and of course the uh, the police department didn't know about that post on Facebook mm -hmm. but these are the kind of things that it, it is a completely different world right that is uh, nurturing violence hatred and unfortunately we are not doing anything about it uh, to try demolish those walls of hatred and build instead of it uh, acceptance and respect for humanity. And and we're gonna and that's that's the idea behind the show today is is to at least get dialogue going and help our listeners. I think most of anything is is not finding, not coming. We're not going to come up with all the answers today, but we're going to at least help our listeners understand from five I consider wise men um, what some of the concerns are and what some of the problems that you face and we all face and how to how to diffuse this and I think it's you know in my mind it's getting back to being one-on-one -on -one. it's me knowing you Imam me knowing you, Larry, pa Pastor Moss and I have a relationship, Rabbi Tim King, getting to know people one-on-one -on -one instead of lumping them together. Right. Great panel, Pastor Walter Moss, Mr. Tim King, uh, Dr. Larry Bove, Imam Nader Taha, 
and Rabbi John Adlin, and we're continuing our discussion. And I want to get right right to the point. Um, what is it about us as human beings that makes it easier for us to lump others into categories and files? And then we assign labels to them. We assign attributes to them, um, usually negative. And Tim, I'm going to I'm going to come to you since we haven't heard from you, Tim King. Um, what is it about us that does that? Well, Joe, that's a that's a good question. Um, and uh, let me just begin by saying thanks uh, for having me on the show. And, and gentlemen, it's good to join you guys on such a a needed topic and yet a sad a sad topic yes. and as i've listened as i've listened to the other uh, gentlemen just kind of share their their background uh you know we all have the different backgrounds for sure um and i i think about the words that i've heard like hate and and violence and, and racism and and those uh those bad things have been around for a long time yes. the, the word the, the word that i've not that i've not heard though and 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 anytime there's a national tragedy um or an international tragedy uh, human beings uh, our minds run to that infamous question of, of why 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 did this happen and you know if if it if it hits home then the question becomes, why me? Why, why why did this happen to me and to and to my family or to my country? Uh, and, and and it hurts to the core of the soul. And, and if we don't get an answer to that question, or we don't have an answer to that question, it, it doesn't turn out good because it, it, it demeans the human being, the person. Because I don't know why this has happened to me. If we don't, the second question that, that comes to mind is. If we have a, a faith value, if we believe that there is a supreme being, then our question is directed, why thee? Not why me, but why thee? Why God? Why did you allow this to happen? And as a mental health professional on this panel, Joe, it seems as though the country at large immediately runs to to the mental health of the perpetrator, to the mental health of the person who committed the act of violence and and while i believe mental health is, is and mental illness is a real thing what 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 bothers me is that nobody is running to um this spiritual aspect and so i'm going to submit to the panel and to the listening audience of whbc that good and evil have been around since the beginning of time that's right and and, and when these tragedies occur, my brain does not run, as, a, as, as Dr. Tim King, the mental health professional, immediately to, boy, this person must have been mentally ill, mentally sick. It runs to, this was an evil uh, atrocity. And, and so how, how do we battle evil? We battle evil with good. And it comes back to, I haven't even met some of of my radio friends that are on the panel. But here's here's what I was raised to believe and what I choose to believe is that they are created by an omnipotent God. And therefore they're valued. And therefore they're worthy of relationship and worthy of friendship and worthy of love. Other well, we might have a lot of differences and it's and, and it's okay and there's a time and place to discuss those differences. However, what we have in common is 
that we see one another through the eyes of our Creator, Amen. and there and therefore we're helpful as opposed to hurtful. And I submit that these people that are committing these atrocities are hurting deeply. And what hurting people do is they hurt other people yes. and they throw labels on other people and they're divisive. And God is a God of unity and harmony and healing, not a God of divisiveness and hate and violence. Amen. That is, that is, thank you. Amen. And, now, and I will, I will submit this, that, that other people, you know, when you, when you look at labels, they, they dehumanize. Um, and, and Tim brought this up, is, is that, you know, when we dehumanize, we don't look at people through the eyes of God. We look at people through the eyes of our labels. Um, but but everybody's putting those labels on. I mean, when you look at the effects of media and the sensationalizing of news and wanting to all of a sudden find out who this person is, right. what what religion was he, what nationality was he, uh, and then you look at social media and the effects of social media and the kind of gang mentality that happens on social media um, are politics. I mean, how many political ads have we seen in the last couple weeks that, that, have, that show the opponent in a black and white, blurry, kind of ugly-looking picture while all of a sudden the candidate that's in the advertisement pops up in this beautiful, colorful, yeah. sunny picture, and, and, and they're demeaning. Right, we've seen people uh, think it's okay to hold up a, a severed head of a president. Uh, we've seen people, we've seen the president and other people get on Twitter and and demean people. Um, politics has become this divisive thing, and they're using it. They're using us. They're using these things to divide us mm-hmm. into voter blocks. Mm. That, and, and keep, would, that keep us divided. And I would, I would submit, Joe, uh, that what is behind that division is the word selfishness. Mm-hmm. And so, and so, for us to train uh, the people that we come in contact with to teach the people that we come in contact with to be selfless and not selfishness uh, is is much much needed. And as I as I crisscross the country and speak, and as I go into schools locally, um, selfishness abounds, and social media has made it, uh, it has made it very, very easy for that selfishness to go public and to hurt and to hurt people. Amen. I I, I want to kind of build on that. I think, first of all, Mr. King's Professor King had a very good point. If you look at a moral lens, you try to make sense of this. The fact that theologically, we're all brothers and sisters created by God. We're all equal, not one better than the right. other. That that depends whether you're in uh, Iraq or whether you're in Africa, whether you're in New York City, whether you're in Canton, Ohio, whether you teach philosophy or whether you clean the school. We're all equal, and we're all brothers right. and sisters that have the same dignity. And I think at that point, that that's an interpretive lens. 
That's how you interpret the world. So I'll go back to an, an, a, an old story from Plato's allegory of the cave. Hmm. Plato talks the story and says, we're all in this cave, and we're all busy looking at the wall of the cave. And in the wall of the cave, we're actually seeing the shadows that are, that are actually being cast by a fire that the things are doing. And people are manipulating you to sit down and look at the shadows. And he talks about the reality is to stop looking at the shadows, to get up and get out of the cave and see what wor the world is really like. Hmm. And, and reality is most of us are sitting in this cave. I want to talk about the journey from violence to nonviolence. It's a journey. It doesn't happen overnight. Right. For many of us, it takes a long time to peel away the layers. By the time I was 10 or 11, I have words for people that you probably don't even know about. But it's just the culture I was grown in. It was, it was a violent culture. Uh, my grandmother went to school with Al Capone. There were people that did really bad things to their own kind because many times the mafia preyed on their own people. That's how they made their money. So, so we, you saw that on a daily existence. Breaking free from that... Uh, is, is a gradual process. And I think part of our job, both as teachers and educators, pastors and counselors, is to create an environment where people have the opportunity to grow beyond what, what they're thrown into. It's not, it's not a bad thing to label things if you're labeling one chemical versus another chemical. It's nice to know what an acid is versus something mm -hmm. which is not an acid. So labeling itself isn't the problem. The problem is that we then make judgments. Right. We make insights. And when we develop insights about people, when we learn that this type of person is inferior to you, that you're superior to this person, that's a judgment right. that people pass on from generation to generation. Yes. So we have a history, for example, in this country. In this country, when you study our history, we've been shaped by a racialization. Mm -hmm. uh, a minor, we, we've had who, basically a dominance of, of one group over other groups. We've had laws, and when I, lit, when I was a young officer in the Air Force, I went to Columbus, Mississippi, and the, the laws and the way people organized themselves was radically different from my Brooklyn racism. But in Mississippi, the first, when they integrated the schools, the first floor was white, the second floor was black, the third <laughs> floor was white, fourth floor was black. That was, their, that was their answer to it. That was the way the law was. That's the way they looked at building buildings. They built mm. buildings with three bathrooms. I mean, there was a sense of we even, we even kind of inherited this ecosystem, and we don't know it because we just come into it when we're born. We come in from different countries. My, my folks didn't know anything about the Civil War when they came here in the 1920s. They wanted to come here to build a better life. And so we have to kind of gradually get out of this cave that we've been thrown into. Amen. And and, that, and, yeah, I agree. And, and uh, Rabbi, can I ask you a question, Rabbi Adler? Sure. How do you, when you... By going over to Israel and spending time there and seeing things and and because you hear things in the news that it's it's very separated it's very um, you you've got you know the the fences the barricades the whole things like that but I have seen things about Jerusalem that that there there is this intermingling of of Muslims and and Jews in there that it's not necessarily all that it has it has been or it has been portrayed as is that am i wrong with that no and it's not just in jerusalem um but it's it's not also it's as simple as that but in different places in the country in uh, jaffa and, and around tel aviv and the northwest part of the country and haifa and up uh, up in that part 
people co-mingle all the time. There's, but it's not everybody's desire for co-mingling. But uh, you, sometimes you just can't stop the fact that people want to be friends with each other and people don't want to shoot at each other. And uh, economies need to, to grow together to be able to better people's lives. Yeah, there are lots of, of issues in Israel. And you, unfortunately, the news that we get always comes out uh, out of a very small part of it. But, you know, I was over there for 16 days, and um, you, you, don't, you don't see it. You can read about it in the newspaper, but you don't, you don't see it. And we uh, had great opportunities to, to meet with uh, Palestinians and people from the Druze community and have conversations. And you learn that, uh, you know, life is not always so simple, but, uh, and I think all of us will agree, what everybody wants is, is for their lives to be peaceful. And sometimes the path to that peace is not so easy, but that's what everybody desires. And it it ruins it ruins the labels that you have once you get to know somebody. <laughs> All you have to do is get to know one person closely in one of those categories that you've put together, and suddenly that ruins the whole thing. So so the 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 test is. I don't want to get to know you. I would rather label you. It's more comfortable. But the remedy is to travel and to right. get out of your own. Right. The remedy is actually the opposite. The remedy is to know <laughs> another person. When I was thrown into this situation when I was a young kid, I went into Greenwich Village, and I, and I suddenly was confronted with... I mean, musicians. And I'm going, this guy's a genius. My my background said that these people were inferior to me, but they're geniuses. Something is wrong. Is it with me? Is it with them? Or is it with them? I had to make a decision. And and that's the kind of existential challenge that people need. Now, some people retreat back, and this is is the problem. Some people retreat back and say, it's not my problem. It's them. And, And all of a sudden now... You can hate things. You can hate cancer. You can hate injustice. Mm-hmm. You can hate people who rape. Dr. King used to say you hate the sin, but not the sinner. Right. You can hate things, mm-hmm. and you should feel, I do not want injustice. But when you start hating people, and you don't want that person, it means that that person is, 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 is something you, you don't want to be around. And that's the difference. And when you make that decision, then the anger and all the ignorance gets fixed. Yes. And, uh- and I want to ask you, Imam, I, I think more than any, there, there is a, 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 a label that's put on Islam, that Islam is the least tolerant of all faiths. Uh, you're infidels, you're this, you're that, and you should be eliminated or, or whatever. I'm just talking about labels here. But... But the, the, the Muslim people I know are not that way. So how do you, you, you have to combat this all the time, or else you would get so bitter that you would actually buy into it and say you know, yes. You know, Jim, Wait, I, I hold on a second. I, I, this question, I wanted to ask Tim, I wanted to ask the, the imam about this. Sure. Uh, there is a verse in the Holy Quran that says, uh, Oh people, we have created you. It didn't say, Oh Arabs or Oh Muslims. It says, Oh people, we have created you from a single male and female. 
means we are brothers and sisters from the same father and same mother. And we made you into different tribes and nations in order for you to get to know each other, not to despise each other. The best of you in the eye of God is the most righteous, the, mo the one who is the best for the humanity, the best for the others. So in this verse, it is clearly that is telling us, and this is what 1.6 billion Muslims believe because what is in the Holy Quran is all teaching about that we are all from brothers and sisters. There is no superiority to Arabs over non-Arabs or non-Arabs over Arabs for black over white or white over black. The best of you again, the Prophet peace be upon him said, is the most righteous. You s go ahead, go ahead. The reason why I'm saying this is because uh, you have a 1.6 billion Muslims all over the world. And we are like any other religion, like any other people, like you will have some who will take things out of context, some who mm. will few people on the fringe here on this and that. But again, back to what you are were saying, we as human beings with our weaknesses, we love to label people. So small minority here or there will do that mistake. And instead of looking to the uh, bigger pic picture, we love to take those few mistakes by this person or that person and then give the label because that will help me to control my own people by making Yes. We against them yes. instead of mm. we all. And this, ha and this happened in, I mean, look what, you know, you talk about the Holocaust. You talk about uh, 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 an entire country of people actually hating a people that were labeled. You talk about the things that go on. Uh, I mean, we, we justified slavery right. from from people just saying i well it's in the bible that mm -hmm. that this is this is called for we we constantly have done this in our history but it is getting to the point where it's it's almost like you just it's almost out of control well i'm i'm that may be because it's you're experiencing it like you said when you were kind of protected in the cave yeah. You had your prejudices. You didn't need to worry about it. Yeah. And it's kind of like I just call it postmodern vertigo. When you step out into the world <laughs> and you try to expect and, and understand and respect all people, you get dizzy. <laughs> and so one of the first things is get back to my comfort zone and you become more recalcitrant, you become more... So. And so you're really experiencing a good thing. That's a good kind of pain that you're growing. And I think that's that's what it needs to happen. But there are... There are times when the great Jewish philosopher, Emmanuel Levinas, talked about this in terms of the other. He, he says that the beginning of ethics is how you view the face of the other. And he grew up in the, in the Nazi era. And when you look at the other and you want to demolish them, that's, that's, that's when ethics, right. the negative part, starts. But when you look at the face of the other and you see who they are, that's the growth of ethics. So the Jewish tradition, there's the Itzar Tov and the Itzar Hara. There's there's the the good the good impulses and there's the bad impulses. Which one will which one will dominate? 
and obviously balancing. You need some of them because you have to, there's a balance. Rabbi Adeline can talk more about it, but there's a balancing of that. And when you start letting the itza hara, the animal, and you're constantly angry, and you need a victim, and you need to figure out who am I going to blame, because you have to think when your societal manipulates you, they want you to be afraid. They, they want to keep you in your ignorance. Bingo. And that's when you have to fight that. And in fighting that, that's why you feel it. You're, you're in this struggle for liberation, the right. struggle for justice. And we, and we all should be going through that. Right. But King, it's hard. Dr. King says yes, that in his yes. final books. Where do we go from here? This is a, Community this is a challenge. Of all, exactly. This is a cha- challenge for all of us. And I think we talked about it for a second that when uh, Malcolm X went to Mecca, he had a, re- a, a renewal in his mind that what, what he saw was not what he perceived exactly. back here in the States. Exactly. And in my life, going beyond uh, my neighborhood, going beyond Canton, Ohio, going out of the United States to a different country, I've been to Israel, been to Africa, other African nations, it's been eye-opening. Right. It's amazing. Yeah. And, 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 and this, whether you realize it or not, we are actually getting to some kind of, we're, we're presenting some kind of action items here. Mm-hmm. Whether you realize it or not, and I, I think that's 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 where we want to go. I uh, I don't want to simplify it too much because it's much deeper than that. 